Hello and welcome to a special edition of Mashley at the Movies. I'm Ashley. I'm Matt. And this is one of our 31 days of Halloween, where each day in October we do a podcast on a horror movie, thriller, suspense movie of some kind. And today's movie is Friday the 13th. The original, you might say. The original. This came out uh, two years after Halloween. Mm. And uh, this is uh, about a summer camp and the young folks, the camp counselors who are getting ready to you know, get it set up for a bunch of, as they say in the movie, uh, inner city youth, I think, who are going to come and stay there for the summer. Um, and so, yeah, they, they, they arrive there and they've been trying to clean it up. And there's a, a killer on the loose who's picking them off one by one. Mm. So that's that's the setup. That's it. <laughs> so I believe that the uh, the filmmakers were heavily inspired by the success of Halloween to do their own slasher film. So and, I understand. And uh, instead of babysitters getting terrorized and murdered, we have camp counselors getting terrorized and murdered. Um, it lacks the the art. <laughs> that is Halloween. Um, it's very kind of just, uh, I don't know, soulless. To me, to me, this movie is just watching some, you know, relatively attractive young people get brutally murdered. Um, and it is, it is more brutal than Halloween, I think. Um, yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not. Wasn't a big fan of this movie. I had never seen it until last night in preparation for this. Um, yeah, it, w- it would not have been one that I was allowed to watch when I when I was a kid, and and maybe for for good reason. But um, I yeah, I just it had some good cinematography. <laughs> if I'm if I'm gonna if I'm gonna talk about what I liked about it, um, there was some really good decent cinematography. We both commented on mm-hmm. that. And, you know, the performances actually aren't that bad. This isn't one of those movies where you're, like, rolling your eyes because of that. The acting is just so horrible, but... It's an early role for Kevin Bacon. Yes, Kevin Bacon is in this. I, I mean, I thought all of the, you know, were adequate. They were, they were good, good young actors. Um, yeah, that's, that was the good thing. Um, yeah, I, I just didn't really like the, the tone and, the, and the, the brutality and the... Well, that's it's interesting because you know it's been a while since I've seen this. It, I've seen the first nine Friday the Thirteenth movies. <laughs> uh, I mean, they were actually you know think of this what you will, but they were a staple of mine growing up watching on them on HBO. Um, me and my friend Derek would watch them quite a bit, uh, but the other ones I think um, I watched more, and they they. You know, sometimes with these movies, you kind of think back and you think, well, the first one's like, that's always the best one, right? It's certainly <laughs> true with Halloween. Mm. And some might argue that with Nightmare on Elm Street, <laughs> though my personal favorite Nightmare on Elm Street is Dream Warriors, which is the third one. At any rate, the Friday the 13th one, the original one, is different from the rest of them in, in, in different ways. For one of them being, I mean, and this is a, 30, a 40-year-old movie now, so spoilers, but <laughs> the killer is not Jason Voorhees in the hockey mask. It's yeah. his mother. Mm-hmm. Which um, that's a difference, and you you don't see her till the end. And th- this movie, 
Actually, I like this movie a little bit better than you, I think, but it sounds like I don't like it. But this movie suffers uh, from the, what I call the, the killer cameraman yeah. uh, <laughs> overuse of that. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really notice it as much until we just rewatched it. But, um, you know, because they want to hide from you who the murderer is, they don't want to show it, you know, reveal it until the end. What they, the way they, they do that is to show you what's happening from the killer's point of view, mm-hmm. which, of course, is a cameraman, right? Mm-hmm. So that's hence my you know, killer cameraman thing. And a lot of different TV shows or even movies have used this, but this movie uses it almost all the time. Mm-hmm. They kill off a lot of camp counselors in almost every single one of those scenes. It's the, it's the killer cameraman angle, right? Um, and it gets a little old. It's yeah. A little old. It's like that first scene in Halloween where it is told from the point of view of the cameraman. Mm-hmm. But it's like a whole movie done that way. It's well, not the whole movie. But anytime the killer is in the picture, it's like that. And it, yeah. it does get it does get a little old. Um, I bet. I think we talked about this too. The pacing is a little off. Like, kids get picked off real quick. Yeah. And then there's only like one or two left and you still have half the movie to go. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that last half... I, I think they were wanting to build suspense. And I will say, you know, to what degree that there was some suspense in the movie, I think it, it was in that latter half when maybe the character you most I most identified with or you're supposed to most care about um, was in jeopardy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it, it just seemed odd that the last half of the movie was devoted to that. Um, it seems like there could have been some, some better pacing there. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's a, that's something that was off because, so not only is this the pacing in general off, but, um, it doesn't gel very well with the murders. And because I, one thing I noticed about this movie, re, rewatching it just last night, was mm-hmm. it's it's slow. Like it's got a slow, deliberate pace, mm-hmm. um, and it's interesting. So there's a scene, particularly early on in the movie, where one of the camp counselors is arriving in the town that's like 12 miles outside of the, <laughs> from away from the camp, and <clears throat> they just park the camera. The camera's just parked, uh, you know, at a pretty good vantage point. <laughs> as you see her just walking. One part of downtown, all the way <laughs> to the other part of downtown, right? Mm-hmm. And camera doesn't move; it's just stationary as she does that. Mm-hmm. And you, for, you don't see that. You certainly don't see that in a lot of modern movies. Yeah. Um, Call Me by Your Name actually was a rare movie that did that in recent memory. But um, <laughs> if, if you didn't think I could throw Call Me by, <laughs> Call Me by Your Name into a into a horror movie review, you were wrong. <laughs> um, but a lot of just a lot of movies. Just, just uh, don't do that. You know, even Halloween, the original Halloween, which sometimes you know certain people think it's too slow or whatever. Mm. I mean, it doesn't have any kind of shot like that. Right. Um, so that was kind of weird. And like, there's just scenes where like people are kind of like walking through the woods slowly, or it's just a tr- maybe there's a, a shot, a tranquil shot of the moon through the clouds above the trees. Um, so there's that kind of a style, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's people getting axes in the head <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, sharp instruments going up through their neck and, and people getting thrown through windows. And it's, a, it's very jarring. Very jarring. I would agree. And maybe, maybe that was intentional. I mean, maybe that's part of the, the horror aspect of this. That 
in this beautiful setting, all this horrible sure. stuff is going down. <laughs> um, <laughs> I wanted to say too, I don't know if you felt this, but the the last like the big fight scene at the end uh-huh. <laughs> between our surviving uh, camp counselor and uh, Jason's mother, I found it almost humorous. I mean, it went on for a long time, too long, I felt like, and it was, I don't know, it was just kind of funny more than it was scary. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I kind of, I've always liked it because you have, as you do in many <laughs> horror movies, a female heroine, like the last survivor usually is a female. Mm-hmm. And then in this movie, the, the murderer is a female. And so you have, you know, two like strong women fighting it out. Um, I always, I always thought it was fairly, fairly kind of neat. You don't see mm-hmm. that all the time. Well, that is neat. I don't know. For, for whatever reason, this, the way it was done, made me laugh. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, I have to say, I'm, I'm rather shocked that this movie inspired a sequel, much less a long series of sequels. So that's interesting. So this movie was directed uh, by Sean S. Cunningham, who I've always associated with the Friday the 13th franchise, but upon further research, um, <laughs> he did this one, and he came back and did like part nine, I think, um, in, in, in the early 90s. But... <clears throat> He wasn't as involved with the show, with the franchise as I thought he was, and and he actually said he he didn't really like the direction that it ended up going. He actually wasn't a huge fan of the unstoppable Jason Voorhees and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. He mm-hmm. he he wasn't necessarily opposed to sequels, but I think his initial idea had been, if I if I remember correctly, had been um, to do like. Uh, sort of an anthology series. So mm-hmm. each movie would be about something different, you know, in a horror vein. Right. But, but yeah. Interesting. Um, it is interesting that a movie that starts out with a mom killing counselors because her son, I mean, Jason Voorhees actually died back in the 50s because camp counselors weren't paying attention and he drowned. So now in, in 1980 they reopen the camp and she goes crazy, right? Right. So, um, it's interesting that that spawned a series where they see this, this supernatural son of hers gets all grown up and wears a hockey mask and <laughs> <laughs> continues on. It's really, it's really weird. Yes, indeed. And the music, so here's another thing too. I mean, Friday the 13th is always sort of known for a particular bit of its music. The composer is Henry Manfredini and, while there's some of that in here, um, a lot of it, and I think you mentioned this after we were done last night, that a lot of it borrows from Psycho, right? Yeah, if we're just being, if we're being honest. Mm-hmm. You know, sort of the, the, the shrieking sounds. Right. And, um, and I don't know, but that might be part of the special sauce that's missing compared to Halloween, you know? And John Carpenter, who did Halloween, is famous for talking about how the first cut, which was without the music, you know, the studio people hated mm-hmm. um, and then when he went back and he put the music in you know it was a different story right and uh, this one just this movie this movie is quieter than Halloween music wise yes and I don't know if that was good or not I think it yeah. maybe could have stood to have a little bit more in that yeah it didn't really do much for me at all the music yeah. here and uh, yeah so <laughs> That's Friday the 13th, the original. In my opinion, not the best of the series, but I also admit it's not high art, any of it. So, um, yeah. What do you give this out of 10? Uh, I'm going to go with a 4. Mm. <laughs> so, I'm going to give it a 
five. Oh. And okay. uh, it's our score is a four point eight. It is a sixty two percent fresh on the tomato meter from critics. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> All right, thanks for listening. Thank you.